cosas. Adam, Charles Dickens once wrote in A Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And he could have quite easily been talking about the year 1992. Because 1992, Adam, was the year that gave us arguably the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Would would we agree? Yeah, definitely. We had the ultimate underdog story of Denmark filling in for Yugoslavia, who'd been disqualified. And going on to win the European Championships. Yep. We had the glitz and the glamour of the Barcelona Summer Olympics. Yeah. Yep. In cinemas, we had the release of Reservoir Dogs and A Few Good nice. Men. Ah. Oh. It was the birth year of some supremely talented sports stars like Kyrie Irvin, Hyung Min Son, Neymar, and Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. It was the year that gave us Angel Dust by Faith No More. Oh. Oh, yes. The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera. Charles Dickens wrote it was the best of times, but he also wrote it was the worst of times. And 1992 gave us Braindead, directed by Peter Jackson, and it gave us WCW's Halloween Havoc 1992. And unfortunately for us, that's what we're here to discuss tonight. (laughs) Nice. Nice, Nicely put. It was the worst of times. Yeah. Here we are, episode 62, and we've hit rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know if it was clearly the worst Havoc so far, but it was clearly the worst film so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agreed. I, I, I don't there's not that many films that I sit down to try and watch that I can't I just can't keep going beyond a certain point. And this unfortunately this was one. I yeah. didn't make it. I didn't make it. No. And neither did I. And I think I maybe lasted a little longer than you. But Yeah, was, maybe about half an hour. <laughs> How um, long? It was about an hour forty maybe. Yeah, I think the film was an hour 48. And it was so obviously bad right from the start. But I think we've talked about how, you know, you get things that are, you know, they're bad, but it's in an entertaining way. Absolutely. So, so you get something out of it. This wasn't in an entertaining way. No. It was just really bad. I think as an adult, you can pretty much, you know, if you decide that you're going to watch something, you can pretty much sit through anything. But I think I described to you uh, Brain Dead, which we'll we'll go on to, to describe what exactly it was supposed to be about. I think I described it as an as offensive to your senses. And yeah, I think that's I think about as best the way I could describe it. Yeah. So we we had 
was it it was saturday we had seen each other and you had watched it mm-hmm. and i hadn't at that stage was that a week past saturday it was maybe the the, the weekend before um yeah you'd watched it and i hadn't and uh you were giving off these vibes in fact you were straight out telling me that this this wasn't <laughs> going to be easy <laughs> I bet you thought I was exaggerating. I did. I did. Until I put it on. So I, I tried to watch it. Yeah, it must have been the Saturday before last that we saw each other. Because yes. I tried to watch it on the Saturday just past. Uh, wife was out for a bit. I thought, I'll put this on. I'll just try and watch it now. No. I No, I couldn't. <laughs> no. And the thing is, this is described as a cult classic. This is described as a great zombie horror Oh. Flick. Let's let's set a table and describe what it was about, and then we can discuss sort of where we both got up to. I, I'm genuinely quite taken aback at the fact that neither of us was able to finish it. Yeah. I think that says a lot, given yeah. some of the crap that we've watched over our time <laughs> together. Brain Dead is also known as Dead Alive, I think, as it, in its release in the United States. Uh, another horror comedy directed by Peter Jackson. The film stars Timothy Balm, who I mentioned to you was um, one of the lead actors on a New Zealand soap opera called Shortland Street, yep. which they tried to um, make popular, certainly in the UK, jumping off the back of Neighbours and, and Home and Away. Mm-hmm. Um, he stars as Lionel, who's our main character, and he, he must deal with quite an overbearing mother who transforms into transforms into a zombie. There's a love interest here. There's a lot of squishiness. There's Yeah, I think that might be it. That might be it. <laughs> oh. we, we've got a sort of it's it slapsticky. Uh-huh. From the very first scene when they're on Skull Island and they're talking about this giant rat's been raping monkeys <laughs> and you've got like the the inhabitants of the island looking incredibly stereotypical yeah. sort of tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's nineteen ninety two. But as soon almost as soon as I switched on, I was like, Oh no, oh no, yeah. I don't think this is gonna be for me. Do, do you know the, the the only early on the only moment where I had a bit of hope was because that that uh, basically intro that's on the island is quite short, mm-hmm. and then you move away from the island. And I thought, okay, if that was just that, and we're now leaving that behind, maybe we can get to the film now. Maybe it's mm-hmm. going to be something different now. And it was in terms of location and the look, I suppose, of of the characters, but. It didn't really improve from there. I would argue it got worse from there. <laughs> when we got introduced to Lionel, and he's this sort of, I like using this phrase, he's a bit of a foppish dandy. <laughs> and he has this overbearing mother, and, you know, he's the he's sort of taken aback by the girl that works at the, where she work at post office or the butchers yeah. or yeah. something. And it's, it almost seemed like it was dubbed over. But mm. we know it wasn't, but it seemed yeah. that way. 
like I, I got really confused early on when we encountered this love interest at first because you know he's giving the look like oh I'm massively interested and she's like yeah you know this guy's just some weird geeky guy or whatever but then the, the change in her seems to be almost instant like she appears at his a, door yeah yeah <laughs> that's I thought the exact same thing that's so funny yeah weird weird I mean. Oh. There's no much more we can go into. I, I, you can't even watch much more than that. They, no, they, end up, so, they end up on a date. Yeah. The mother's hiding in the bushes watching them because she is not happy about this. She, Lionel can't be having any sort of love interest. She stumbles up against the cage, and this is where this rat comes in that was captured at the start. It looks like it looks like something from Trapdoor. Yeah. Yeah, the old yeah. uh, claymation yeah. thing. Yeah. It looks like utter shit. Yeah. I am no movie snob <laughs> or anything like that. I, I happily watch anything, but that like my kids could have made something better than this. <laughs> and it bites uh, the mum. She sticks her heel in its face, and that's what, that's what trips that off was- the pretty much the end for me I oh think my god after really? the mum's encounter with the rat monkey thing that was me I think oh wow I kind of want you to go and watch more of it now like there's a moment is there a moment where so she is in like in the house in like the entranceway and she's dying yes yeah I remember that but I think I'd stopped paying attention <laughs> Before that happened, I Just think I'd stare at the wall. Yeah, and uh, like there was definitely a moment which was, I think, just as maybe they were going on their date, that I was like, "I'm, I'm maybe gonna stop trying to take any notes here and maybe just try and get into the film a little bit." And I'm looking at it, thinking that's not, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, so I think I, I think I watched on to, I think the mother <laughs> dies. Basically, yeah. he's there and she has died. And I think that was maybe the last scene I remember seeing. Okay. There's kind of like a running gag where she dies about a million times and keeps coming back and keeps coming back. Okay. About, like layers and layers of skin are coming off her. And she just starts contaminating lots of different people. Okay. Again, like I love a horror. I'm not particularly squeamish, but they go over the top with like mm. the sort of pussy type um, effects and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love a zombie film. Yeah. This if is not a zombie film. Yeah. When it's done well, they, they're great. Do you know... Is, is this what launched Peter Jackson? I think it is. I think it is. Isn't that me? Like, I said to you, I'm going to... I love the Lord of the Rings films. I'm going to boycott Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> Peter Jackson, you've ruined them for me. <laughs> Um, do you know that it's currently sitting at a ninety percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh wow! Like I, I get you know. In fairness, I think there's some like not very good films that I like for whatever reason, and that's happened over the years. But there's always something about them. There's something mm. entertaining about them. I really couldn't find anything in this. No, me neither. I've got some more trivia about it. They won't. They won't make any sense to us. During the custard scene, three hundred liters of fake custard was used. Don't know what custard scene was. Um, 
the <laughs> lawnmower scene, which I believe is like a sort of big finale, required three hundred liters of fake blood. <laughs> I think I think it's maybe got the record for the most amount of blood on screen. Okay. Um, for uh, for any film, the film was shot in eleven weeks and a budget approximately three million. Cool. I like stuff like that. That's cool. Like it's been made for a pittance, uh-huh. and then... yeah, it's obviously done well. I mean, whether that's like in you get with a lot of cult sort of cult classics where it's like well, it was like VHS sales were huge. Uh, maybe didn't do much in terms of a big release or a cinema uh, release or anything like that, but uh, huge numbers of videos and DVDs sold. Yeah, sure. There's plenty. There's plenty of films like that over the years, but mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't for us. Was it wasn't for brain us. dead? Um, yeah. Final thoughts. There's no need for final thoughts. Is there? Yeah, just I just don't think like there was nothing there that makes me think I want to go and try and watch this again. So when we talked about the fact that a few days ago that neither of us had made it through this and we both had plans to try and revisit and I was yeah. actually sitting I was sitting at my home work desk thinking I can't do this <laughs> so I messaged you being like what would happen if we just didn't watch it because <laughs> I couldn't face it no no we, we shouldn't be forced into it. <laughs> some of the wrestling's bad enough let alone the films <laughs> Um. For 1993, I think we're agreed we're we're gonna we're gonna watch John Carpenter's Bag of Bones, um, which we I was gonna say we hope would be better than this, but there's there's zero chance it could be any worse. No, I think from just from this short trailer, it at least looks like it will be entertaining. Yeah, and that's all. That's all I'm asking for. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you, Peter Jackson. Do you, do you like the Frighteners? Michael J. Fox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy it's the same director could have made. Yeah. I was just, when we were talking, I was looking up, and I, I'm sure I've seen a film called Bad Taste, yes. which he made a few years before. I'm absolutely sure I've seen that. Quite similar in the sort of silly-looking prosthetic type of yeah. physical yeah, effects. I think it's Aliens in that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure I've seen that. But I think I, I must have found something in that that was watchable, at least. Because I'm sure I made it all the way through. Okay. The middle-aged outlaws do not recommend that you watch <laughs> Brain Dead. Now, before we go on to Halloween Havoc 1992, I wanted to try and lift the mood before we get into the wrestling. Okay. So I wondered... If you have heard or seen, I know how much you love Hulk Hogan. I wondered if you had seen or heard any of his recent sort of media tour that he's been on. No. Oh, so he's no. he's been he did Joe Rogan quite recently. He did Theo Vaughn's podcast. He did an interview with. I want to say it's like a, a, a an outlet called Muscle and Health or something like that, right? Okay. And maybe one day we could do an episode on Hulk Hogan's lies, because they're obviously <laughs> infamous. But I'd never heard... He, he started doing new ones. Oh, no. And um, in this interview, the, the lady asks him about Simon Cowell. And you know how Simon Cowell was involved in the uh, the Wrestle, was it WrestleMania album? Yeah, WrestleMania yeah. album. Yes. Uh, 1992, 93. 
1992, I think it was. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Can I play you the clip? And I might pause it to get your okay. reactions. This is around a two-minute clip, so I'll maybe pause it. Bits and pieces. Okay. But there's so much in this. Okay. Let me see what you think. Um, so, you were telling me earlier, before we started rolling, yeah. that you brought Simon Cowell to the United States. Well, he came, he came to help with the wrestling albums. I was... Uh... Long story, I'll make it short. I was in Wembley Stadium, and I saw a lot of Make-A-Wish kids. It was me, Michael Jackson, Mr. T, who saw all the Make-A-Wish kids during the 80s and 90s. I had a kid there that was in, in rough shape. He, the EMTs were with him, and he was on a stretcher. And, you know, his, his body odor and stuff, it had a, a smell to it that I, I hadn't smelled in a while. Not bad, but it was just a different type of smell. What? What? Where? Where's he, where's he going with this? <laughs> what? Mr. T, me and Michael Jackson hanging out at Wembley. I, I think they're going to have to team together and save this kid, but okay, <laughs> let's... You have to watch out for that, that body odour on those Make-A-Wish kids. And I really wasn't sure what it was, and the parents were freaking out. They were Hulkamaniacs, and I told the doctors and the EMTs, you know, the kids in kind of trouble here, you know, so let me say my goodbyes and give him a hug and kiss him. And and I got a nice place for him out at ringside at Wembley Stadium. It's all roped off. So I went to wrestle and I kept looking, I kept looking and the kid wasn't there. So when I came back from wrestling, I was the last person to wrestle the main event. I said, what happened to the family out there? And they said, oh, the kid passed away. So when I found out the kid passed away, my manager, Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, he used to be in a band too. And he had a couple of number one hit songs here in the States. And I played music before. <laughs> so we stayed up all night. We all know that Hulk played bass for Metallica, of course. Right. Why did he, like, the way he's telling the story, why did he, like, feel the need to say that the kids' parents were Hulkamaniacs? <laughs> they, they were Hulkamaniacs. It's, obviously, this dying kids' parents, they're, they're Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. How embarrassing when you're, you know, your your kids... <laughs> on the way out you you need to just fanboy over Hulk Hogan but all you can do is worry about this odour that's coming off him <laughs> thinking oh no is this hitting Hulk Hogan we're Hulkamaniacs we can't have that a couple of number one hit songs here in the states and I played music before so we stayed up all night and we wrote 12 songs for the kids family and I didn't know anybody in the UK and Jimmy um, knew somebody from Select Records and he, they got a home with Hold a sign and cow. He produced a little album for us, and it went number one on Billboard for eight weeks. And we gave <laughs> it went, went number one for eight weeks. Okay, maybe eight. I'll take that with a pinch of salt. But okay, okay. Just a little there. album for us, and it went number one on Billboard for eight weeks. And we gave donated the money to the family, and then Simon came back to me and said we need to do the song with a band called Green Jelly over in the UK, and something called Leader of the Gang, a G- Gary Glitter song. And so that did really well on Billboard, too. So when I came back to the States, I had the crazy idea since I was wrestling, maybe we should do music here. So I grabbed Cindy Glopper and Rick Derringer and a bunch of people, and we recut a bunch of songs, Land of a Thousand Dances and stuff. And Simon came over and helped produce the wrestling album. Then he came and produced the second wrestling album, Power Driver, and he never left. Is anyone... <laughs> Fact-checking this as it's as it's going. Um, that's a two, that's a two-minute snippet from about a twenty-two-minute interview. Do you know? 
I am a terrible liar. I've never been a good liar, right? But isn't the best way of being a really good liar to not go into outrageously <laughs> intricate detail? Yeah, I, I would have thought so. Like I'm, I think it depends on circumstances whether I'm good at. I, I can't. I can't to certain people. Like I can't to my wife. I don't know. I just start laughing. I just I, I, like <laughs> a big broad smile goes across my face as I'm saying it. I'm like, yeah, no, I only, I only had three beers, and then you know the, the smiles there and and all that, and it gives me away. But um, I think in certain circumstances I can do it. But yeah, I would be keeping it absolute minimal amount of detail. So, so WWF have never run any other show apart from SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley. Yes. He was not on that card. He, said, he just said he was main event. Yeah. Obviously, his main event came back. You know, the parents, they were Hulkamaniacs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot he's checked out there. Now, I'm sure they could have done, like, they'll have done other shows, but I don't think they've ever done a Wembley show. You know, no. they've done other shows uh, in the UK, plenty of tours every year. And I would fully believe Hulk Hogan was headlining some of them, but for some reason he had to make it find out it was Wembley. And, and Mr. T and Michael Jackson were there. <laughs> at, a, at a house show at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And listen, I don't know what Hulk what age Hulk is these days, but he's a, he's an older man. But if he, he's got form for, you yeah. know, like we could fill two hours with the, the lies that he's told. Remember, so they not say that he, he travelled back in time and wrestled like so many. You know, he was going between America and Japan and wrestled so many <laughs> matches in one day or something because like, he yeah. travelled back in time. One one of the big ones was um, it was one of the Von Eriks, wasn't it? That he was talking about being on a plane with, and he, he he like could not have possibly been on a plane with him. It it wasn't possible. Uh, yeah, he's. I always wonder with guys like this: is he does he like just create it in his mind to make him seem important, and then as soon as he's done it, does he believe it? Maybe this is oh. what the um, the dark side of the ring on Marty Jannetty talked about him doing you've seen some of the facebook posts that he made and and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff and like this became a thing that he just craved the limelight so much that he would just make up these outrageous things to get yeah. people you know, to shock people and to uh-huh. surely surely hogan is like the the center point at any room he walks in yeah, he doesn't need to so. do that. No, he's got enough real stories <laughs> like to exactly. captivate anyone. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad when it's like you know the Marty Jannetty situation where I, I am not sure he has control over what he's saying and what he's doing and all that. But if it's somebody just I don't know looking to be the headline, um, it's, it's, but knows that they're doing it, it's, uh, it's just weird. Yes, especially the the body odor thing absolutely cracked me up. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure quite where he was going. I think he just needed to set it up to be clear that that kid was just about to die. He was on the way out. Watch out for the smell. Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) Shall we do this havoc? Shall we talk... 1992 WCW. Yeah, I was just thinking after you were saying the Royal Rumble 92 was awesome, you mm-hmm. know, and we all know what SummerSlam 92 
was. Oh yes, of course. I didn't even mention so that. There's of course. These- there's these great shows going on on the WWE side. And, you know, I, I'm pretty confident they're still great because I've definitely gone back and watched them in recent years and still really enjoyed them. Absolutely. Um, yep. We, uh, this... we we reviewed SummerSlam 92 at one yeah. point and thoroughly enjoyed it. There's yeah. definitely a spectacle aspect to it, but it was a mm-hmm. good show as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah do you... I, I... <sighs> Yeah, we'll get there. There's bits in this that I thought were okay. There's bits in this that are terrible. It's funny because most times I'll say to you, there's bits and pieces I enjoyed of this, and and sometimes you can just go, nah, this was rubbish. I hated this pay per view. It was crap. And the roles are reversed here because for me, I, this was an absolute drizzling, <laughs> awful. Hated it. Okay. And uh, I think the okay. Philadelphia crowd could have been feeling quite similar. To me, oh yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably fair. Yeah. <laughs> At what point do they just say, "Look, we're not going to go back to Philadelphia because yeah. they just keep booing all the people that we want <laughs> them to, to to cheer." Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Uh, we get another eerie opening video package. We have Sting howling at the moon, mm-hmm. and Jake Roberts laughing like the absolute psychopath that he is. Yep. Uh, Strange dynamic of we've got Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura at ringside. Yep. We've yep. got Tony and Don Corleone. Oh no, <laughs> it was uh, Bruno Sammartino sort of standing up yep. the top of the aisle. And then we have Missy Hyatt backstage. Do we have anyone else backstage? I think that's it. It's I Missy can't Hyatt. remember if we saw any sign of Bischoff here. I'm not sure we did. I don't think we did. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're 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 kind of bouncing between the three of them throughout yep. throughout. Um, round about this time was when Bill Watts took over the book at yep. WCW. Uh, his whole thing was keep it realistic. Oh, what what irony! His whole thing was keep it realistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was all about like removing the mats from out round uh-huh. outside yeah. the rings and and, and things like that. Give yeah. it a more gritty look, but yeah, I think I think um, further work was needed there, cowboy. Yeah. Um, so, so Tony Schiavone and Bruno Sammartino welcome us to the show. They talk about the main event is going to be an unsanctioned match. Spin the wheel, make the deal, uh, and they t- say that it could be any one of twelve types of matches. Um, they also splice in some footage of the Barbarian training for Ron Simmons' power slam. But instead yep. of trying to counter it, they just show him taking power slams over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, but probably for the wrong reasons. Because that was the first thing that came into my mind. The guy, as part of his training, is being power slammed 200 times. Is there no thought as to, like, wait a minute. Is there any way we can prevent this from happening? That is the barbarian from the Powers of Pain from yes. from WWF. Unbelievably yep. in a main event slot. Uh huh. That's have surprising. That, eh? And I know so Flair's left because mm-hmm. well we know Flair was at the Rumble. I, I suspect he left not long after the last havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he's been in. He's in WWF. So. When you're thinking star power, you're thinking, well, they've still got Sting. They've still got Luger here, I think. I think so. I don't think we see him on the show. Um, 
and you know there's some you've got Jake the Snake which feels like he's maybe being fairly newly introduced here I don't think he's he's been around very long yep. Yep. Um, but you know beyond that I think that they've got Vader as well um, mm-hmm. but you are looking thinking they're making a massive deal out of Rick Rude and I, I love Rick Rude but I don't know if it's my you know WWE favouritism where I maybe never saw him as being the top top guy um, so it, it does feel like they're maybe they've got a wee bit short in like star star power. Yeah, and I feel like Cactus Jack's been made out to be a, a, a main event level player, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. you you maybe don't really um, believe it mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Rick Rude there; he's got two belts. Yeah, and he seems that they. Do we get that later? When Bill Watts starts talking about, yeah, that's what's oh, that's Lear. God Almighty, yeah. need a translator for that. Okay, we're backstage with Missy Hyatt. She's trying to find out what's happening in Rick Rude's locker room as he prepares for two different matches on the card. Um, and is it at that point that Harley Race comes, or is that later? That's when Harley oh, no, Race comes and knocks. I think, and all the speculation—it's not confirmed here—but all the speculation is that so. Rick Rude and his opponent, I can't remember the guy's name, I'll have it written down somewhere further down, um, in his NWA world title match, Masahiro Chono. Chono, yep, yep. So they will both nominate a referee through the night, and then there'll be a coin toss to determine whose referee is in the ring and whose referee is going to be on the outside. So I think they're pretty heavily going into obviously it's going to be Harley Race that, that Rick Rude nominates, because I think we see him going into his locker room at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Uh, Missy High is incredibly annoying. Is that fair? Yes. She really, really is. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Not just me then. Okay. Nope. First match is like the first match is a bit like a pit bull taking on a mouse. We have the sort of tag team legends versus what seems to be being uh, framed as a sort of young guns, up and comers uh-huh. type team. So we've got Arn, yeah. beautiful Bobby, and, and Michael Hayes taking on the Z Man, Johnny Gunn, and Shane Douglas. Yeah. And straight off the bat, I noticed Big Vlad in the front row. Did you see him? Ah, yes, I did. Yeah, he so happy, yep. massive big smile on his face. Love to see yep. it. Uh, we've seen the Z Man before, not been particularly impressed. No, not seen Johnny Gunn before, and of no. course Shane Douglas was in the the what the, the uh, dynamic the... dudes. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Uh, Johnny Gunn is awful. Like he seems like the one they're trying to push. Like uh-huh. in this match, he I'm sure he gets the pinfall. Um I think it's Johnny Gunn on Michael Hayes for for the three. Um and the like the whole way through this, there's actually some decent like tag team psychology, mostly by Arn Anderson, which I suppose is what you would expect. Yep. The heel team, you know, doing the, you know, luring the teammate in from the baby face team and then taking advantage in the double team when the ref's trying to sort that out. <laughs> Just that sort of basic stuff. And there are points in the match where, in particular, Tom Zink 
is made to look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> Just looks like he has no business being in there. No idea what he's doing. They're they're playing him like a fiddle. And then it it breaks down to a point where there's just like all the men in the ring and it's carnage. And then there's a Thez press, which we've seen so many folk do it now as a, as a finisher, but it's a Thez press by Johnny Gunn uh, on Michael Hayes. The crowd did not like the babyface team oh, winning no. there at all. Not at all. No. My favourite part of this match, and and I like you say there was there was nice little sprinkles because these all three of them are tag team legends. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not ridiculous to say. Yeah, um, so you, they're dedicated and and they're they're giving it their all. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Arn is Arn just looks class, like begging them mm-hmm. to give him some decent to do for us. Yeah, I've, I've got shows. in my notes he should be in a better spot on the card than a thrown together team. You know, yeah. it, it just doesn't. I'm fine with him being in a tag team. I think it's a great role for him to be in a tag team, but a proper tag team, not just we'll take three guys that have been in successful tag teams. That my favourite bit of this match is when Jesse the Body says, "Oh, by the way." I forgot. <laughs> right at the opening of the show, Missy Hyatt says something like, we've not been introduced to Jesse Ventura and JR yet. And she says something like, the man at ringside is the man <laughs> that I wasn't going to vote for to be president of the United States. And it cuts to him and he's just sitting there with a skeleton mask on staring at <laughs> JR. <laughs> I've, I've heard, it, it was it maybe in one of JR's books, I don't think he liked working with Jesse Ventura at all. Oh, really? And I think there's points here where it's starting to come across, but I don't think I would have picked up on it. Because you know the way JR often is with whoever the heel announcer is. He gets annoyed, he gets worked yeah, up. Yeah. But it happens a few times and I'm sitting, because I've read this, thinking, is that real? Is he just really getting under his skin now? Um, he, he definitely did not like working with him. That's crazy. I liked Ventura better than JR on this show. Yeah, I, I think he's... I think we've kind of grew, we grew pretty quickly, pretty tired of JR's style in these uh, shows. College. Just and, stop talking about them at college, JR. And JR's kind of kind of mocking it and kind of mocking him. Uh, Ventura's kind of mocking it and kind of mocking him, and it yeah. it, it, it kind of works, you know, as a as a duo. But yeah, apparently did not did not like it. And these two hosted the Saturday Night TV show together as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but, I, this, this is what I was saying. My favourite part of this match, Jesse Ventura says that Shane Douglas looks like a right-wing Republican. Like, he just says it out of nowhere. <laughs> and JR just sort of gives him that okay, or sort of <laughs> squirms away from it. You know, like, uh, Monsoon would have been like, will you stop? Or, or yeah. so, JR just completely no-sells yeah, it. Not, not touching that, just... <laughs> Uh, I don't have much else to say about this match. I don't know if you do. Nah, I, I, I like Tarn Anderson. I think, you know, I've no real issue with uh, Shane Douglas being in a spot like this. He's young, he's getting some exposure, he's on a show, all that kind of thing. It, it felt like a thrown together match with an idea of putting some young guys together against some experienced guys and giving them a win. Um, I, I, I was frustrated with Arn being in this role. I think it was fine for everyone else. Yeah, agreed. Isn't it funny that um, we're in Philadelphia, I think it might be the same place, Civic Centre, where 
Shane Douglas is getting booed here and uh, he, you know, yeah. throw down the N- NWA title and, uh-huh. and yeah. sort of kick off his seat, uh, the Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Um, okay. Our second match on the card. At least we didn't have 11 matches like the last, the last paper. That's maybe why I didn't think this was quite as bad. You and, know? and Van <laughs> Hammer was on, was on the was on the, um, yes. the dark match as well, which is great So news. we don't see him, yeah. Against Eric, Eric Watts, I believe. Oh, God. That is that explains, we see you later yes. on? Yeah. That explains yeah. why he appears yeah. and he's like, mm. I tell you, that's Bill nah. Watts' son. He's a huge yes. guy. Yeah. Okay, second match. Flying Brian Pillman versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. <sighs> on paper, just sounds like an absolute dream. Yeah. Does it not? Yeah. This was very disappointing. <laughs> Pil- uh, absolutely. Pillman looks like I, I often find when we've been watching Pillman, I almost find him unrecognisable. Uh-huh. Um, previously, he's got the sort of straight hair, uh, yeah. and he's very, very baby face, very white meat mm-hmm. baby face sort of thing. Yeah, and from the moment he comes out here, you're like, "Oh, that's my Brian Pillman." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's he's a heel. He's playing up to it in a good way. Um, I liked what I saw as the character. Mm-hmm. I just I couldn't get into the match. Like, no, me neither. I, I've seen some absolute classics with Steamboat. Like, think about the Randy Savage WrestleMania three match, and you think about he's had all these matches with Flair that people talk about all mm. the time. And when I we, saw we, we this, saw, was... we saw with Luger. I remember yes, us saying it, that, we that thought it made Luca look amazing, yeah. Yeah. So I, when I saw it was these two, I was like, oh, yes. Um, but it just didn't do it. It didn't grab me. There was nothing in it that that jumped out at me. Same. Exact same. I almost felt guilty that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Just, it just didn't get going. I don't know what yeah. it was. Meshing, meshing the styles didn't mesh together. Yeah. Pil- Pillman, maybe, maybe a year ago, the face Pillman and mm. Steamboat could have had a barn burner because they'd be yeah. flying back and forward. Whereas this version of Pillman is a lot slower, calculated, mm-hmm. um, pulling out yeah. the sort of heel bits and pieces. I have mm-hmm. no notes apart from I can't really get into this and <laughs> Steamboat gets a roll up win. Uh, yeah, uh, I've I've got some things about um, like they, they they start off as you know. They, they sort of try and tell a story, I think, of Steamboat being in an unusual position where he's the stronger but the slower guy in this match, which is not as usual. Mm. Um, they, they, there's there's some, you know, there's a Pillman faking an injury and then uh, the, the ref's over at him trying to make sure he's okay and as soon as Steamboat turns his back, Pillman hits him from behind and stuff like that. You know, just Classic. some of your, your, your heel stuff that that you want to see there were some like it felt like there were some individual moves that looked fine but nothing was really coming together um so some nice you know aerial moves um i I thought that the end sequence was a good idea maybe just wasn't quite executed the way i think they tried to do it because um i think yeah steamboat comes off uh for a sunset flip um, and Pillman, yeah, Aye. Pillman tries to counter it, 
and then Steamboat catches him uh, upside down, basically flips him onto his back to to get the pin in combination. So um, I thought that you know the the idea behind the finish was was fine. Um, I don't know, just it just didn't work, which is a shame. Aye, absolutely. If I'd seen it on the cards before, and you and I like to just sort of watch it without mm-hmm. knowing what's on the card. I think I'd have been really looking forward to it. I may have been even more disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we go backstage, and this is where things start to get a bit confusing, certainly for me. We've got yeah. Teddy Long, who's no longer Peanut Head Theodore yep. Long. Yeah. He is. So he is a backstage correspondent for WCW. Yeah, that's right. He's the other backstage guy. Yeah. So he is with. The president of the NWA. Yeah. The president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And Masahiro Chono, who is the... Is he the NWA champion? Yes. Yeah, he's the yeah. champion. I think Rude's the challenger. Yeah. Um, I assume WCW must be working with New Japan at this yeah. time. I take it this was their, their way of sort yeah. of expanding and all that, which is yeah. great. Which makes a lot of this pay-per-view all the more confusing, right? So, <laughs> so, so Bill Watts was all about realism. Yep. You've got a partnership with New Japan. Yep. And you've got spin the wheel, take the deal match with the fucking coal miners. Yeah. Again, it's this WCW haywire booking that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Really odd. Um, so we get a bit of a promo from these guys, then we go to Bill Watts and I genuinely said to you, I need you to explain to me what Bill Watts is saying because I don't understand what he's on about. So, the the gist of it, I think, is that he says something about, so, so Chono has chosen Hero as his official for the match in that promo beforehand. Okay. So Shivani is with Bill Watts. Bill Watts says it is obvious Harley Race is going to be the official chosen by Rude. And I think he may, although I may just be making this up in my head to try and make it make sense, talk about the fact that there'll be a coin toss in the ring to determine who's the inside and outside official. Okay, okay. Obviously, neither official is expected to be objective from, you know, they they both have a guy. Um so basically I, I walked away walk away, maybe I should have. I came <laughs> away from this thinking, Okay, so is whoever wins the coin toss just gonna win the match then? Is that you know, is this is this how how this title's actually gonna be decided? Because whoever wins it's got their ref as the guy in the ref. <laughs> I thought that this was a good idea. Nah. Um, like, could, I could see the, the coin toss and then the other one has to go to the back. Yeah. Or or even just like uh I'm gonna have a guy in my corner. Here's my guy. You know, this is this is uh, just why, why why does one of them have to be the ref in the match? Um, yeah. So that I think was the gist of what he said. But he also talked about Terry Gordy having been suspended by WCW, um, and Steve Austin will be his replacement in the tag title match. I don't know yeah. if that's a legit suspension. It might be. Um, uh, Terry Gordy legit no showed the pay per view. Oh, okay. Okay, um, and he also confirms that Rude has chosen Vader as his replacement for the US title match, 
Uh, Bill Watts seems furious about this, but he seems to have allowed it and <laughs> then confirms that if Vader loses, if Koloff beats Vader, Koloff will be the US champion. So basically, yeah. Vader is there being rude for he's, that he's match. He's representing rude for that yeah. match. He's kind of like, what is it they say in the Hunger Games? A volunteer's tribute. That's what, yeah. what, what Vader's yeah. done, but with yeah. extra barking. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So... Are you of the opinion that Vader and Root are in a dangerous alliance at this point? Together? I was thinking so. Okay, me too. We've we've got some stuff going on later on with the dangerous uh, alliance. Yes, we uh, do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's go to our third match. It's Nikita Koloff versus Big Van Vader. It's for the US Championship on. Vader's wrestling on behalf of Rick Rude, who is the US champion, but is also on the card fighting for the NWA champion. They're not allowing him to be in two fights, or they're allowing him not to be in, in two matches. Yeah. yeah. Immediately, Harley Race and Rick Rude. That's the that's why I was laughing. Is that Rude? Rude's got a brass neck coming out to stand at ringside, though. Eh? He, he looks so smug, though. He's so good at that. <laughs> it just oh, looks is. like, yeah, I've I've won this. I've got round all of this. He just looks so smug. The match is no DQ. Yeah. But the ref can ban people from ringside. Yeah. So we yeah. need to look at those terms and conditions of what they're fighting <laughs> under. Uh, Nikita Koloff's getting quite a baby face pop mm-hmm. here. Quite surprised at how big a pop he seemed to get. Uh, right away, Vader goes. Vader and WCW's unstoppable monster. Those I, clubbing blows in the corner are unbelievable. I I'm not saying I love this match, but I really like this Vader. Like this is the Vader I wanted to see in WWF. I didn't want to see one just talking about oh, just a fair piece of shit and all that. You know, I I want to see this one. <laughs> He's amazing. He's a monster. He's he's scary. He's like, you know, you imagine that guy coming at you. No, no, I want absolutely no part of that. He's uh, this. this, I I thought Koloff was fine, um, but I would have loved to have seen this Vader in like a main event spot um, because he's he's awesome. Just, just, just wait till next year. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Aye, I felt the same. I bet you know I, I love, I absolutely love Vader. You're a Vader um, guy. Yeah. At one point, Koloff picks him up and uh, does he side suplex him? But he lands yeah. him. Does he side suplex yeah. him or just suplex? He lands him on his head. He could have broken does. his neck. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. And there's a great Kamala esque splash by Vader, yeah. which I thought should have ended the match, but Koloff managed yeah. to kick out, which is quite impressive. Um. We get a clothesline on Vader over the top rope to the floor, and you know the commentators are making a big thing of that would have been a disqualification. This is mm-hmm. no DQ. Yeah. yeah. The end of this match made me laugh. So they've been going back and forth for a while. Koloff sets Vader up in front of the ring post. Always mm-hmm. a bad idea. Yeah. He he like goes flying off like his Usain Bolt and tears into them. Yep. M- misses and hits the ring post at one <laughs> unbelievable pace. I was looking thinking that must have actually hurt. That's Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, this is this must have been his thing, a sickle sickle clothesline they kept referring it to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
we already had Stan Hansen with Larry at last yeah. time. We didn't need another one. <laughs> um, Vader, Vader sticks powerbomb on him and, and retains the title for Rude. Yeah. I was with you. It wasn't the greatest match all time, but it was better than what we've had so far. It was one of the better matches on this card. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay, backstage. Teddy Long. <laughs> Teddy Long is backstage. And I want... You know, do you remember on Sky Sports when we used to have the fan zone? And yeah. you'd have the, have the game and then you'd have them in the bottom right-hand corner. You'd yeah. have the two wee guys sitting. I want JR in the little corner. <laughs> As the camera goes on and it's Steve Austin on one side and Steve Williams on the other side. Wow. Yeah. You know the... Um, the the Vince um, gif where I think it says it when Stacey Keebler's doing a it's dance on the people or something like that. <laughs> that. That is JR seeing this team. That That's that's what's going on there. Amazing. What, what an absolute dream for JR <laughs> to see his two boys in a tag team together. Uh, just wait till they get to the ring. Um, so, so we've got stunning Steve Austin and Dr. Death Steve Williams. They're going to be taking on the WCW Tag Team Champions of Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes. Yep. It sounds like Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes aren't getting on. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a kind of Lance Storm and Chris Candido type of thing going on, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is this... Hmm. I was going to say is this is the longest tag team match you've ever seen, but <laughs> I recently watched the um, that AEW match between FTR and and, <sighs> and Jay White and uh, what was his name, the other guy that went on like fifty minutes. Oh. This match could have went on for about three hours if I hadn't known any better. When we've had this before, did you suspect time limit draw at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I texted you saying they're, they're doing early. the time limit thing again. Yeah, but what I was waiting for, because I think the thing I was going to be most interesting, because I'm just looking for some story here, and it's sometimes not as easy when you're just dipping into one event a year. I was looking for something between Wyndham and Rhodes to back up this (laughs) alleged story of issues between them. And I thought, they're, they're talking about it, they're making a thing of it, so we're going to see something. We're surely going to see something. I didn't really see anything. Nah, you're right. I didn't even notice that, but you're 100% right. That's funny. Do you know what what this match felt like to me was when you ask a kid something and they start telling you the answer and then they keep they've already told you the answer and they keep telling (laughs) you other stuff and then there was this time and then I had this and I I fell but when I fell I landed on a like this match finished about two or three times and then in Mm -hmm. came Steve Williams again and we started the dance all over again there there was a comment quite early on in um, from Jesse Ventura talking about uh, doctors work for you if you pay them enough, you'll, they'll write you whatever prescription you want. Oh, is that roundabout? That is roundabout. This, yeah. this is a roundabout steroid time. I was thinking it must have been, yeah, and I thought he's not said that accidentally. He's doing exactly <laughs> what he's saying there. Um, they, were, they, they, they were, I think, going for a bit of story with, I think, for a lot of the match. 
um, Austin and Williams are dominating and they've got one or other of Wyndham or Road kind of stuck in their corner. And there was some things he was doing in terms of the selling and the offense and just basically like facial reactions as well. Where I do look, I'm not saying anyone could have predicted what Steve Austin would have become, but he's got something and you can tell he's got something. He's 100%. got like a star power about him. There's some in there. Um, but I, the match, like like you were saying, I don't know what the time limit was, but it just dragged and dragged and just continued when it could have felt like it could have had a natural ending quite a few yeah. times. I think it went to 30 minute. I think it was, it was 30, 30 minutes. 30 minute, yeah. Yeah. This was the match where... We had the whole... Is this where JR's talking about PV? Don't call him PV and all this. Yeah, I was, think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we get the, a ref bump. And well, this just seems... It's like it just seems to go on and on with the nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> we get a ref bump, so another ref comes out and counts the win for Austin and Williams, but then the ref bump, the ref that took the original bump comes in and says, yeah. no, 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 keep going. Somebody yep. else gets rolled up and they count a three. And then they're yep. like, nah, nah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yep. Absolute mess. Yeah. It's so funny because obviously last last time we watched a pay-per-view, we seen Dustin versus Austin and it, yep. they did the exact same thing. And we're, yep. we're a year down the line, obviously. It's gonna probably going to be out of mind. But for us, it's like we've just yeah. we seen the we same thing. Saw that, in a tank, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, no much more. Disappointing. No yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I love love seeing Austin round about this time, but this was this was a bit like some you know saying you like chocolate cake, then somebody force feeding you a yeah. hundred yeah. cakes and you're feeling sick. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. Wow. Well, we're up to this already. Okay. Uh, Tony Shavoni. Uh, is out here. He's with Polly Dangerously. He's with Vader, with Harley Race, uh, and he's looking to conduct some sort of interview. Um, but Medusa comes uh, comes out and, and gets in the middle, and it seems like there's some sort of power struggle between Polly and Medusa about who's the yeah. who's the head, yeah. who's the, who holds the power in the Dangerous Alliance. I quite enjoyed the segment just because of Paul Lee because he goes so far in terms of his berating her and you're just waiting because you know, you know from quite early on she's going to do something but it just keeps going and going and going and like I didn't think they maybe did a great job of setting up the fact that this was a power struggle, which I think it was. That That's what made sense in my mind. And maybe right at the start, Shivani could have asked someone that pointed you at that a bit a bit aye, more aye. clearly. Um, but he, Paulie's taking credit for all the success that the Dangerous Alliance have had. And he's saying things like, he just keeps saying, he's the brains and Medusa is just a woman. Nothing but a woman. Things like that. <laughs> she's only subservient. Been- Yes, and she's only been good for one thing, taking care of every one of Rick Rude's needs. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he's laying on thick. So, so, so she Paul, ends up, go on. 
does she does she just knock him down? She she runs at him and ends up no, knocking him down, or does she? Like, what does she Paul do? Fi- Paul fires her. Yes, and he pushes her like That's quite right. aggressively. Yeah. And she starts, like you say, she knocks him down, and she starts laying on his back with the boots. <laughs> yeah. Those, those look like legit boots she's given him. Uh, poor Shivani is just stood at the back, kind of looking very flustered by this whole situation that's just gone on. I wonder if he feared for his life, like Tony did. Maybe, maybe, poor guy. Safe working environment. That. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so that's Medusa out. Out of yeah. the, the dangerous lines. Shame. Um, okay, cue the theatrics. It's time to spin oh. the wheel and make the deal. Here uh, comes have, Sting. Have you done any research? Like, tell me they didn't just legit let a spinning wheel decide what match this was going to be. This was a this was a hundred percent shoot, and they were just going with whatever they had because <sighs> I think they had a cage above the ring. Uh-huh. Like. You you surely you gimmick your wheel to get you the match you want that is going to be something interesting. Maybe this I, was the realism that that Bill Watts was looking for. Unbelievable! So this like elaborate looking wheel, you know, it takes about five minutes to be raised up in front of Sting. Poor Sting's just sort of standing there like. What else can he do but just look yeah. at it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we get this wheel. It's obviously got all these different matches on it. So I've got to notice some of them. You might have the other ones. It said that there was 12. So what have I got? 2, 4, 6, 8. I've got 9. So there was a Texas bull rope match uh-huh. on there, a barbed yep. wire, a first yep. blood, a coal miner's glove match, an I quit match, um, a lumberjack, a cage match. No, a lumberjack with belts. Not just a lumberjack. Um, Texas death match and a Prince of Darkness match, which I had to look up. What was that going to be? A Prince of Darkness match is just a blindfold match. Oh, okay. Which is a bit... I, th- I assumed it was like, you have to bite the head <laughs> off a bat or something. Um, I, I don't have any written that you haven't said. Ah, right, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I knew... Uh, and I, like, uh, go on. I knew it was a coal miner's glove match, and I oh, don't know you? why I knew, but I did know. So when I saw the wheel, I was just looking at things, thinking, "Oh, that would have been cool, or that that <laughs> could have been interesting." <laughs> I was um, as soon as I saw a coal miner's glove match, I thought it's it's not going to be that. The only thing I, I I think about when I think of coal miners is Michael Cole in that ridiculous outfit that he was wearing. <laughs> He used to refer to his fans as the coal miners. Coal miners, yeah. I had no idea what a coal miners glove match was, did you? Uh, Yeah, I remembered it's something about you get a glove and you put it on. Unbelievable. Like, is this glove supposed to have superpowers? Nah, nah, basically it's just just a glove. I think it's a steel steel glove. It's supposed to have something in it, but yeah. Awful. An I quit match would have been great. Uh-huh. I love the idea of Texas bull rope match. Yeah, yeah. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> it stopped on coal miners' glove match. Think Sting was like, "Fuck!" Woo! Of all the matches, it stops on a coal miners' glove uh, match. 
Um, so we shall look forward to that later in the match. And I think I think that comes on with like 10 minutes left of the pay-per-view or something. So you know yeah. you're not exactly getting Flair yeah. Steamboat. Um, and I spe- when you see the Nick of Jake Roberts, when he yeah. uh, turns up to do his, his interview, you know yeah. what you're getting. Um, okay, match five. This is our NWA Heavyweight Championship match. We've got two guest refs. We've got Harley Race representing Rick Rude and Kenzuki Sasaki representing Masahiro Chono. That's 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 right. Yep. Okay. Uh, probably my favourite part of the pay-per-view is when Rude comes out, says cut the music oh. and starts co- oh. referring them as sweat hogs. Brilliant. That that I will never tire of a Rick Rude entrance. Is just Sweet he hogs. delivers it with so much arrogance. Mm-hmm. It, ah, yeah, he's, he's brilliant at that. Did, did he always refer to people as sweat hogs? He's definitely done it more than once, but I don't think it was always. I think he's got different different words he uses. I'm sure when we watched SummerSlam '90 and he was taking on Warrior in the cage, I'm mm-hmm. sure he refers to them as sweat hogs as well. Okay. What a okay. word that is. We need to bring uh-huh. that back. <laughs> um, okay, we we get the coin toss and Harley Race wins the toss to be in the ring uh, and Suzaki is then told to go outside. And at this point, I've wrote my notes. Why must WCW make everything so complicated? Mm-hmm. I've no idea what's going on already. Um, yeah. Did you know there was... I'll I'll just say I struggled to get into this because I was just waiting for the shenanigans because it seemed uh, inevitable there was going to be something, but they didn't do what I thought they were going to do because after what we'd just seen with Paul E and the Dangerous Alliance, you see Medusa come out with Rude and I was thinking okay, she's out of the alliance but she's still with Rude, but my mind immediately went to is she going to screw Rude here? Mm-hmm. It's and mm-hmm. and she didn't do anything. There's no. She kind of just um, scowls at uh, Chono's manager every now and again, and and that's about it. Talking Mm -hmm. about Medusa, JR says that Medusa is looking stoic at ringside after nailing Paul E. So I assume (laughs) that they made up between (laughs) then and this match. Um, Classic rude territory. We we have someone going to work on his back. That seemed to happen to every match. Yeah, I wonder if he was kind of looking for that insurance payout at an early age. <laughs> the Philly crowd are having none of this New Japan wrestler. Nah. They were getting lots of boring chants, lots of boring chants as he's sort of slowing things down and putting yeah. on what you know, like the sort of legit holds and all that stretching there, there, them. There's, there's a lot of that kind of yeah stretches, rest holds, things like that, and it. It really drags. I like Rude, I, and I, I feel like he has carried some, you know, Warrior. I feel like he carried Warrior to a decent match, um, mm-hmm. and I think he was a good worker. But this, it was boring me. Slow, aye, yeah. There was um, for a good portion of this match, there was something clearly going on in the crowd. I don't know if there was a fight yes. broke out in the crowd, but yeah, it, it, it's so. Uh, it's so noticeable that the commentators even end up uh-huh. mentioning something about like, it. Medusa's looking over from, from the hard camera angle 
almost all of the crowd at a point are looking away at something else. So I suppose you can not acknowledge it, really. But I was thinking again, is this is someone coming down? Is something happening? But nah, it became clear by the way I think the announcers were talking about it that no, nah, this is this isn't part of the story. This is just probably some mass brawl that's broken out in the yeah. crowd. Well, Harley Race gets distracted by it at one point. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, it's at this point, round about this point in the match, that I realise that it's a disqualification if you come off the top rope. Yeah. Because I think Rude goes up for a drop kick off the top rope. Uh-huh. And obviously somebody must mention, must mention something, but he doesn't get disqualified for it. Yeah, I guess that's there's... The, the Harley Race favouring him. Yeah, so there's definitely, I think Ventura calls for a DQ at one point, but I think it's from something Chono is doing. Um, and then maybe JR fires back about how, well, shouldn't that be a DQ, you know, for mm-hmm. on route? Um, but yeah, I, I think you can get away with that with the explanation that his ref is the guy in the ring. Mm. And he, he, he hits the. He hits the drop kick off the top rope at one point, then he goes up, mm-hmm. he goes to the well again. But Chono kind of, I assume he's supposed to either dodge it or do yeah. something. He does neither yeah. and just falls over yeah. with like <laughs> clear non contact between the two of them. Yeah, so awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just when you think the realism. Has gone for the match. Harley Race takes a ridiculous big boot from Chono. Yeah. His <laughs> rude moves out of the way. Um, he goes over the top rope and manages to take out the other ref mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, this is where, as if this wasn't a big enough clusterfuck, this is where it gets even worse. So both both referees are now taken out. Rude hits a rude awakening. Um, but the, the refs are incapacitated. Chono puts on an STF. Yeah. Sasaki says it's over. Yeah. Harley Ray says no. Yeah. And they somehow come to a decision that the official yeah. decision is a disqualification. It's it's so it's a it's a total clusterfuck because um, I'm watching it thinking how you know how do you explain this you know you've got one ref that's for each, right? So it's a bit awkward. So I think when you go back to, they've each had maybe one instance where they could have been DQ'd. But then you get um, Chono, so there's the big kick by Chono where he kicks Reese. Now that's Mm -hmm. accidental. And I think Mm -hmm. Ventura's calling for a DQ at that point. But at the point where Chono then throws Rude over the top, we've already been told that is a DQ. That's supposed to be a DQ. So it is totally legit for Harley Race to say that's a disqualification. But Rude is supposed to be, I think, the heel, although who Mm -hmm. knows how the crowd will react to a performer from Japan. But then you've got like JR, and I think the hope would be people from the crowd arguing that shouldn't be a DQ, you know, but I mean, it legit is. And Rude isn't really benefiting because he can't win the title on a DQ. So I just felt like the whole explanation of the finish, the whole story behind the finish didn't really achieve anything. Yeah, I mean, you you surely, in theory, punish the heel um, if you want to do right, and reward the heel if you want to do wrong. But 
Rude didn't and, get and the milk. Make, make the supposed face look sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. But none of that translated to me. So, so Chono retains his yeah. NWA title. He does not last very much longer in WCW okay. because Steve Austin drops him on his Oh skull. yeah! You, did you send me a video of that? I think you, yeah. I think you maybe did. Yeah. So, so Austin, is it early '93? Maybe Austin does like sit down, the same mm-hmm. thing as what Owen Hart did to Austin. Sit yeah. down, Tombstone, pile driver, and um, not like permanently par- paralyzes him or anything, but does damage to his neck. Yeah. Um, and that was where Steve Austin would learn that he did not like that move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so there we go. On tour, on tour. We're kind of got. It's fun. It's a funny pay per view because this is for the NWA title, but it's kind of made out to be quite a big deal. But uh-huh. then we've got the WCW heavyweight yeah. title, and then we've got the unsanctioned match as well. So um, our next match is for the WCW heavyweight championship or the, the big gold belt. It's the Barbarian with Cactus Jack versus Ron Simmons with Teddy Long in yeah. his corner. He's got the backstage that interviewer was in his corner. That was weird. They've, they've gone very like Ron Simmons' Hulk Hogan here. Oh, do you like, think? On the entrance and all that and the way they're talking about him and that kind of thing, you know, and he's got like his big entourage and... Mm. Um, I, I felt like they, they've clearly gone or they're going all in <laughs> on Ron Simmons here. Um, but this is maybe going to be really controversial. I'm going to oh say it. I don't I don't see Barbarian in the role as challenger. That, that feels like a bit of a stretch to me, but I quite enjoyed this. <laughs> you look so guilty. I like, I don't even sure I can explain why. It's like, <laughs> You know, they're they're both these ridiculous physical specimens, uh, both guys. Um, and you've got Cactus Jack kind of just being a nuisance on the outside, which made me think, okay, Barbarian maybe shouldn't legit be a title challenger. But they were talking him up enough about, you know, he's ridiculously tough and strong and all that. Um, and then you've got Cactus just kind of, you know, trying to do bits and pieces on the outside. But... The goal is to make Ron Simmons look strong, and they're putting him over a guy who looks ridiculous physically. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, maybe it's because of what's come before. I don't know, but I quite enjoyed it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're being so naughty. Um, uh, well, listen, I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you. You found enjoyment. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play to the Barbarian for his diving head, but I didn't mind that. Oh, yeah, yeah. At Although, one point, he does attempt to do one from, like, like the Van Damme, Van Daminator type thing. Uh-huh. And uh, Ron has to do his best Caterpillar impression. Yeah, and he's, he's trying to get himself in a good position for that. Yeah, I was, I was just going <laughs> to mention that one. Did you enjoy? Oh. So, so if, sorry, I'm just going to pick at you now. But did you enjoy the bit in this match where they just ran at each other for quite a long time and bounced off each other? I felt like maybe once was enough <laughs> for that. They they probably overdid that. The um, sixth time was my favourite time. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
brilliant. Uh, but poor Barbarian misses quite a lot of moves. Like, there's quite a few instances where he's getting on top and he'll just miss an elbow or something like that, and that'll be Ron Simmons back in control. Um, but, like, again, just some... Like, you get Simmons being distracted by Cactus Jack on the outside, and Barbarian, you hear a great noise with a kick to the back of the head for, for <laughs> on Ron Simmons. Maybe he just legit did it. I, I don't know. Um... <laughs> But just like little moments that gave me, I think, more entertainment than so much of what had come before. Class, I, I like, I, like you could, I definitely like Simmons as the babyface champion, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I would have been quite happy when him winning the title last time um, against yeah. Luger. I thought it was a great match and a great build up, and uh, they did a really good job of making that feel important. So I like that he came in as champion. I like him as the champion, like I said, and I, I wouldn't have been. I didn't have an issue with Barbarian being this uh, type of challenger with Cactus Jack because mm-hmm. Cactus Jack sort of gives him legitimacy, uh, yeah. and he's also been a menace. And from a heel point of view, you could see him winning the title through Cactus Jack being this dastardly pain in the arse on the outside. Yeah. But just some, yeah, it's just some of the actual. But you know what you're getting with the Barbarian. It's not like you expect him to start pulling yeah. out. Yeah. Um, technical wrestling or anything. Yeah. Uh, so I was I, I was looking to see when when it was that um, Luger was in. Remember, he was like in the World Bodybuilding Federation. Oh yeah, w- WBF. WWF. Yeah. So I think he was actually away at this point because I think he had ah, like mate. from from before this point. I think he was in the World Bodybuilding Federation for a while. Um, so yeah, they've not got Luger here either. So they're obviously looking for something, someone to put in these top mm-hmm. slots. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's like we've got Sting. So who who else have we got? Mm. Yeah. So big Ron. Ron gets the win. He hits the power slam out of nowhere. Unbelievably, Barbarian does not kick out. You'd think he his back would just have you know yeah. bounced back up off the mat. And they they gave Simmons as well the kick out of the diving head back. So, yes, he, so he, he got to, he got to have that moment. Obviously, they're like I say they're putting him over. Uh, I assume just against he's probably facing a different person every single week, and he's just you know uh, winning to to make him you know put him over as the guy. I wonder how long he kept the belt for. Yeah, interesting. I know. Who knows? I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Um. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed that. That's pro. So, but between, would you say it's this match and the Vader match? That's pretty much, it. Uh, and also just the little segment between Heyman and Medusa, which Aye. entertained me. That's funny because the last pay per view, I'm sure we talked about that. That was the 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 little episode with Rick Rude being the Phantom, yes, and Heyman going off. Talking yeah, about bankrupting WCW he's, and all that sort of stuff. We like that. He's too. just such a good talker. He's entertaining. Oh, he really is. He really is. What did I watch? I was watching something. You know, he, you know, he does these inside the rope, but he's it's probably cut up into a few different uh, segments on YouTube. Have you ever seen the the Heyman inside the ropes? I don't think um, I've seen any interview of that, no. where he's in the UK doing like answering questions. I can't remember. Okay. He, he's such a. He's so good. So yeah. such a good talker, such yeah. a good talker. Um, 
Okay, main event time. This is not sanctioned by WCW. JR mentions that on a solid 100 times, I think. Um, they are, they've obviously provided the, the wheel and the deal taking, but and the and the pole and the goal miner's glove, but it's no sanctioned by WCW. Did, did, did you so see the there's the segment with Tony Schiavone, Bruno, and Eric? Woods. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I missed that. Yep. Now, Eric Watts is a big guy. Yes. You can tell as soon as you see him, he is a big guy. He is there as uh, Ron Simmons appeared, and they start talking about, uh, Ron's talking about, you know, he wants more more matches, more title defences. He gives a bit of praise to Eric Watts, who's just kind of standing there. Um, <laughs> and it's it's weird. And I was I immediately thought, is Eric Watts going to do something here? <laughs> is he gonna? Because you know, all due respect, the Barbarian just got a title shot, so maybe Eric Watts can be like, <laughs> "I'm next." I'll so I'm one. gonna, I'm gonna blindside Ron Simmons, but he just stands there like awkwardly as this, like I don't know, as as Ron Simmons is talking away, and he he kind of looks a bit goofy, and I don't, I don't really get what the point of him why, being why there was. He there? Yeah, he's, he's sort of, sort of like a sort of bumbling fool. <laughs> yeah. He's almost I, talking like he's not on TV. When, hey, uh-huh. hey, man, oh, that was a great match. Uh, uh, and then it's kind of like, just like you say, he's just sort of standing there. Yeah, and I thought, you know, has Bill Watts been like, right, he's going to stand there, and Ron, if you can just say something like, you know, you're, I think he says something like, you're a great young talent, but you've got a long way to go or something like that. Ron Simmons says something like that. And I thought, was he just put there by Eric Watts, by Bill Watts, just so that Ron Simmons could say something? Get was a bit it? of rub. Yeah. Maybe. It was weird. I don't think he went on to much, Eric Watts. I had a look at his Wikipedia. No. T- he seemed yeah. to go on to something in TNA, some weird gimmick. I, I saw, I listened to Jake, Jake the Snake was talking, he'd been talking about this event on on his podcast and he was saying he was asked about Bill Watts and he, he hates Bill Watts. He has history with Bill Watts. It's not a good situation. Uh, basically, Jake signed with WCW for an agreed contract then Bill Watts took over and tore up that contract and said, oh. yeah, we're going to we're gonna renegotiate because you just walked out on Vince, so you're not going back there. Um, so basically wow. took advantage of Jake's situation and got him to sign up way less than, than he'd previously agreed. But he was talking about Eric Watts. He's like, I felt like he wanted to say it. Yeah, he just didn't really have any talent. But they're like, he's being asked the question of, what did you think of him? He's like, given who his dad was, he's a good guy. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He's just not, you know, maybe not, shouldn't have been in the business, you know. But he's a good guy. <laughs> I wonder, I take it Eric Watts is one of these amateur wrestlers. He yeah. looked like, he almost looked yeah, like Scott Steiner think, a little bit. Yeah, I think he would have been. I think, because um, Bill Watts had his own quite big regional promotion, I think, um, and he'd maybe had a very young Eric Watts there before things started to, to right. move along, but I'm pretty sure he would have got him into amateur wrestling when he was young. I see. Bill Watts was um, JR's hero, wasn't he? He was, the, he was the man that sort of he cut his teeth with in the business. Yeah, and I think I think there ended up being quite a big shock because Bill Watts has just taken over, but JR's not 
sticking around. He's he will not be on the next uh, Havoc because ah. he will definitely be at WrestleMania nine wearing his bed sheets. Togo. Brilliant. Yeah. So is that ninety three WrestleMania nine now? Uh, it must be. I'm sure it, yeah. that I'm sure that's the next WrestleMania. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it will be because at SummerSlam, Brett's with Bulldog, so that's Brett basically walking away from the Intercontinental at that point. Um, and yeah. he'll, he'll move on to world title. Yeah. So it'll be round about this point that um, Mr. T, Michael Jackson, and Hulk Hogan are just hanging about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you know what it makes me out. think of? You know, in um, Doctor Sleep, when they uh, they inhale the sort of death from the the, yeah. the children when they get like those vampires. Yeah, that's what that body odor <laughs> thing makes me think of. You imagine like Hogan being sort of sh- like sort of huddled around them. Going... <laughs> oh, brother! Wow! Here, wow! Okay, back to the uh, back to the pay per view. Yep, the wheel has been spun, the deal has been made. It's a coal miner glove match, Sting versus Jake Roberts. I think we get a Jake promo before it, but I've not made a note yet. But I think we get a Jake promo, some description before it, and he looks awful. Yeah, he really does. And like, see, as soon as I like my first line about this match is, "Oh, for fuck's sake." There's literally a glove on a pole. <laughs> and then I looked as, because we've just seen Jake in an interview, and I, I think it was maybe, was it a pre-tape? Or it looked like it was a pre-tape. Um, and I'm looking thinking, I I do not believe that Jake can go up there and get, I do not believe Jake can go up there. That that's, no. It's not going to happen. Like, the condition he looked like he was in, he's not getting up there. It's not going to happen. No, absolutely not. This was what was the match that we watched, uh, and it was like, what was it? It was like bag of a bag of dimes on a pole match or something. It yeah, was like earthquake and boss man. Yeah. Yeah. and you were yeah. just like, why? Have, why are these two fighting to get up a pole? Like Sting, at least you could see getting up that yeah. pole. But like you say, Jake looked like he was going to have to be dragged through the match. My 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 anger has clearly set in. Given my next line on my notes, was this planned? Did they legit just do whatever stipulation it landed on? Why was this even on the board? It's a fucking glove. <laughs> the amazing thing is, right, that the so that the 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 wheel was a shoot, and they they picked that. So I wonder if they had finishes for all the matches, or they went. Let's come up with it, but that this is why they did mm. the wheel halfway through the pay per view because we need to come yeah. up with a finish. The finish that they came up for in your wildest fever dream, you could never have came up with the finish that they came up with. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know I write it down, but I assumed I'd be able to remember what happened at the end, but I'm sure you've got notes, so maybe you could take us through this. Yeah, I'll I'll take you through. So, uh, I'll just go through my notes as they are. Uh, Jake just steps aside from a dropkick and then takes control. Um, (laughs) uh, Jake hits the ring post, Sting wrapping Jake around the pole. Uh, Haha, the pole this glove on is massive. Definitely no way Jake's getting up there. Uh, Jake is selling the shoulder after he gets some offense in. 
which has Sting then attacking the arm. Weeks of speculation about the stipulation for this match. Weeks! And it's a coal miner's glove match. (laughs) The match can be won by submission or pinfall, but you can also climb a pole and get a fucking glove. What a uh, I, I don't think I picked that up. That's bananas. Uh, it's an unsanctioned match, so Jake is now choking Sting with uh, tape. Uh, Jake does the knee lift uh, in a classic DDT setup. Uh, Sting counters. Jake lands hard on his back. Sting goes for a stinger splash. Jake moves. Sting hits the turnbuckle. Uh, short clothesline by Jake, another DDT signal. Uh, nice. JR is talking about the fact that Jake has a sore left arm, but he hits his DDT with the right arm. Jake uses the left arm to hit the DDT, the arm that he is selling. He executes the DDT using it. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, Jake can't climb that pole on a good day, never mind the state he's in and with one arm. Um, Sting starts kind of stripper moves on the pole. He's sliding all the way up and down it. Okay, Cactus Jack turns up and uh, puts a a bag into the ring. It is the snake bag. Um, It's a cobra. Jake has the cobra out. I never like the way he aggressively handles the snakes. It freaks me out. Um, uh, Sting punches Jake and the snake latches on to Jake's face. Oh, you've, you've made it seem a lot a lot more seamless than what it was. Uh, he punches him and Jake rams the snake onto his own face. <laughs> um, while the snake is on Jake's face, Sting pings, pins Jake uh, for the win. Cactus is dragging Jake down the aisle trying to get the snake off him. The snake must be hating this. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> Jake's starting to act or genuinely is very woozy. <laughs> yeah, they, they talked about having anti-venom at the side of the ring, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I think, you know, I've, I've, I've looked into some of this and read up on some of this. I think every snake that was ever used has been Defanged, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you still see, like, I remember seeing the thing where it's biting into Savage's arm when he's tied up in the ropes, um, and that looks great. I mean, it looks amazing when that's happening. But this, I don't know if it's because of where it was, and also the fact you talked about Jake had to force it there, basically (laughs) onto his face. It never came across that well, and it's like, yeah, that. This is just, I don't know, this feels like something I shouldn't really be watching where a guy is just forcing this snake to bite his face. And it's a bit it's Steve weird. Irwin. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just got weird. Um, they could have easily done that with a rubber snake, the way that it was done. Yeah, the, the way, it, the way it, especially the way he, like, he slaps the snakes and stuff like that. It's, he deliberately tries to get them pissed off. I don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was... I, I didn't. I was so annoyed all the way through with the stipulation that I wasn't paying that much attention to what was actually going on because I was just irritated. It's unbelievable that they man in a, in a pay per view that's had a, that thirty minute time limit with the the two different pins and Pee Wee Anderson saying no, and then the yeah. Harley race going over 
they managed to have an even worse finish. Yeah. Than this. Shocking. Yeah. It's like the WCW trait. Mm-hmm. There was the fake sting. But, but that was Barry Windham and I don't know, it's just like they specialise in making an absolute arse of finishes. I know um, Bischoff's always said that they never had a finish guy. They just didn't. They always said Dusty could come up with great stories, great match combinations, all that kind of thing. But they never had a a guy that specialised in finishes. We were always told that Jake himself had a brilliant brain for the business. Mind for the business, yep. And, And, you know, you would have thought he could... Just even on the fly, even if it was a case of, right, it's a coal miner's glove, what are we going to do? You would have thought he could come up with something. Uh, maybe it was just shit execution. Maybe if that all looked great, we would have been like, all right, okay. Mm. This snake came back to bite him, you know, oh. whatever. Um, but uh, it just didn't. It didn't work. Did not at all. Did not at all. Uh, what was I going to say? Do you think somewhere Damien's just lying watching this match and thank God that's not me? <laughs> He had to use the tiddler this time. <laughs> Apparently, um, so after renegotiating Jake's contract uh, downwards, after this match, Bill Watts said to him, you're not bringing a snake to the ring again. <laughs> so he was like, you've so just you're signed me. Stop yeah, it. This is, yeah, the, no more snakes. Nah. Right. Right. Great. I'm sure, did I read that this was his only ever WCW pay-per-view match? Was it? He apparently wanted away as soon as Bill Watts was was confirmed in the role. He he, he wanted out, but he um he wanted to be close to home a lot of the time. So he didn't want to like go to Japan or wherever else he could or Mexico. Um, and he didn't feel like he could have gone back to Vince so quickly after basically storming out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that was this was his only his only WCW pay per view appearance. He must end up back in WWF pretty soon after. He, so he, I'm trying to think when this was. So if he if he's in WCW here, I'm just looking up just now. Uh, various promotions ninety three to ninety four. Uh, oh, wow. A tour in Australia. Uh, American Wrestling Federation. Um, New Japan, Mexico. He he went all about and then landed back in WWF in '96. Right. So that would have been because he faced Austin in the final of King of the Ring when Austin yes. did the 316 promo. Good shout. Yeah, John 316. He was doing all the whole the sort of pastor Bible uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, that's the character he was being. Yeah, yeah. That was all thanks to Bill Watts. Get rid of your snake. Get a Bible. Who signs Jake the Snake when you're lacking in star power and says you can't bring the snake? <laughs> yeah, Undertaker? No, not anymore. <laughs> not on my watch. Back, back to Callus, Mark. Back, my, eh, me, Mark Callus. Nobody's gonna buy that bullshit here. I mean, what what they will? We're buy. realistic here. <laughs> That's brilliant. What? The, the, <sighs> that, this is a hundred percent. My least favourite of the... They're getting worse, I think. Yeah, I, I, I really didn't like the uh, the last one, the previous one. The thing is, it started so well. Like we talked about the last time, all the tag teams, it was, it was good Aye, fun, it was right. entertaining. Um, 
Yeah, so I've kind of got the fear now for '93. Can I be? I I don't want to get your hopes up, right? But the main event, Havoc '93, is one of my favourite matches. All right. Okay. Okay. Now I think I could be wrong on this because I might get the timeline wrong. But I think there's a chance by '93 Flair might actually be back as well. I think he he's not away that long. Okay, I don't so know. I think, I think he may be on the show. Um, if you're digging for me to tell you Flair's in the main event, don't think he is. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm fairly sure I know what the main event is, and I'm fairly sure okay. that it's a spin the wheel, take the deal. It's another spin the wheel, take the deal. <laughs> do, it's a torture think... chamber, Matt. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just thinking sh- if it is another spin the wheel make the deal, please tell me they gimmick it this time and they get the match people want to see. Let's um, let's wait and see what you think. Okay. I love it. I've watched okay. it a few times that match. Okay. Um, okay. Talk about so that's, that's, that's encouraging. It's encouraging though. So hopefully John Carpenter delivers and hopefully Bill Watts is gone. I mean it maybe WCW. can't get much worse, can it? Yeah, it well, can't get on the movie front, it can't. Yeah, no, it can't. So it's it's gonna pick up again. The the wrestling shows will, but they can't just be terrible all the way. They're gonna pick we'll, up again. We'll be getting Randy Savage soon at some point. Yes. So there's there's that. Yeah. The problem is, do you know who we'll probably be getting before we get Randy Savage? Um. So. You were yeah. telling me earlier before we... his body odor and stuff. It had a, a <laughs> smell. To... <laughs> oh no! Not ninety three the way. Ninety three would be too early. Ninety three well, would be too early because he's on. So he's on. Uh, he's on Mania the, Nine. The, yes, the King of the Ring is when he makes his. Yeah. Remember, we watched the King of the Ring. Is that King of the Ring ninety three? So he might be on ninety four. I can't. I can't remember how long he stayed away from wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, did, he did J- Japan for a little bit. Did he know? Did he? Uh, yeah, you could be right. Like I, I'm just and, thinking. <sighs> right. I think he played so, bass on that Metallica tour as well. <laughs> yeah, I I have a funny feeling. He it's maybe ninety four that he joins. WCW. Aye. His main event in 94 Havoc. Right, okay. 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 So look out for that. So let's enjoy 93 while we can. Yeah. (laughs) We'll enjoy every single match. Okay. Okay, in two weeks' time, we will review Bag of Bones. Yes? Is it not? Is it not? Body bags. Body bags. Body bags. Body bags. Yeah, body bags. And Halloween Havoc 83. Yeah. Until then, keep it sweaty, sweat hogs. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, Adam. Cheers.